SBS, a world of difference. You're with NITV Radio, on mobile, online and on radio. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV Radio broadcasts from, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to, from the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from fresh water to salt water. Yama, and welcome to NITV Radio. Coming up in your program this Monday, September 25, an official no rallies have taken place over the weekend across the country as Prime Minister Antonio Albanese seeks to shore up support for the voice referendum. Also on NITV Radio today, conversation with Dizzy Dolan, curator and MC of the First Nations Showcase of the 2023 Australian Women in Music Awards. The two-day event taking place in Menjin, Brisbane, between the 26th and the 27th of September, will bring together some of the music industry's top female practitioners, whether they are First Nations or from other multicultural communities. In your program today, we also bring you some short stories from NITV's NOLA program. NITV visited the West Kimberley region of WA eight months after devastating floods ravaged the area. Nora also looked at Morijuga, which has been in the spotlight recently. The area is home to more than a million rock engravings and was formally nominated for World Heritage Listing by the Australian government. All these stories and more coming to you on NITV Radio after the latest news. Bertrand Tungandami, I am Bertrand Tungandami. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy the native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. This bulletin, a poll shows support for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament has slipped to its lowest point. Minister for Health and Aged Care Mark Butler says a voice to Parliament would improve health outcomes for First Nations people. And police in Darwin charge a woman with aggravated assault over an attack on Chief Minister Natasha Files. The Australian newspaper shows support for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament has slipped to its lowest point yet. The online survey of 1,239 voters between September 18 and September 22 found only 36% of responders intended to vote yes on October 14. The poll suggests a, sh- suggests a shift toward the no vote among women and younger voters. Liberal MP Dantehan has told Sky News Anthony Albanese should consider calling off the referendum in its current form. What I think we need the Prime Minister to seriously consider doing is now pull this referendum. Sadly, I think uh, on referendum day, uh, what we're going to see is the Australian people say to Anthony Albanese, you've messed this up. 
Federal Minister for Agriculture, Mary Watts, says this would mean losing an important chance to listen to First Nations people and make positive change. Having this voice established is to listen to Indigenous people about what will work on the ground and get better results. So if we were to pull it or to say no, it's just closing the door on the opportunity for change. Uh, I have no faith that the coalition um, actually support coming back to the drawing board. It comes as remote voting on an Indigenous voice to Parliament begins across Australia today, Monday, September 25, enabling the first votes in the referendum to be cast. 61 teams will be on the ground in the most remote parts of the country, eventually covering 750 voting locations in the lead-up to the referendum on October 14. In the meantime, Minister for Health and Aged Care Mark Butler says a voice to Parliament would improve health outcomes for First Nations people. It comes after more than 125 health organisations released a public letter in support of a year's vote in the upcoming Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. Mr Butler says a voice to Parliament provides an opportunity to find new ways to address systemic issues of disadvantaged and poor health for Indigenous communities. Working in health, you understand more than any other sector perhaps of the entrenched disadvantage uh, being experienced day in and day out by First Nations people. Uh, There is no area of policy, I don't think, more important than health and where a voice to, uh, to the Parliament and to the Executive from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people would be more valuable than in health. And you can find comprehensive information about the referendum by visiting the SBS Voice Referendum portal, sbs.com.au slash voice referendum. Police in Darwin have charged a woman with aggravated assault over an attack on Chief Minister Natasha Files, who had a cream-covered pancake pushed into her face. Police will allege the 56-year-old attacked the Chief Minister at the Nightcliffe Market on Sunday morning. She will face court on October 10. Treasurer Jim Chalmers is today set to release the federal government's employment white paper, its roadmap for the Australian labour market. Dr Chalmers says that that nine initiatives will be outlined to keep unemployment as low as possible, including key measures to address barriers women face in participating in the Australian workforce. The policy document is the result of a year's work following the Jobs and Skills Summit last year in September. It comes as new record high was set with the participation rate data from last month, with 66.9% of Australians up from 67% either working or actively looking for work in August, with the unemployment rate at 3.7%. CEO of the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Andrew McKellar, told SBS News he will be looking to see measures to boost productivity and lift the labour force participation rate. If we want to keep those unemployment levels at the very low rates that they are now, then we have to really focus on how we are going to drive productivity higher, uh, encourage people to invest more in skills, and also encourage people to participate uh, in the labour market, uh, whether they are young people coming into the labour market for the first time or whether they are senior Australians who want to keep working for a little bit longer. uh, That's going to be absolutely essential. 
The Federal Minister for Emergency Management, Mary Watt, has launched a task force to implement a new public safety mobile broadband broadband system to support first responders during disasters and emergencies. Mr. Mr. Watt announced the task force during his opening address at the first day of the National Bushfire Preparedness Summit in Canberra. The two-day summit brings together Australian politicians with around 250 crisis management, response and recovery specialists. Mr. Watt says the summit comes at a critical time with the El Nino climate pattern bringing with it increased risk of uh, dangerous bushfires, extreme heat waves and other severe weather events. He says in the latest, in a series of changes made in the last 16 months, a new task force will implement a public safety mobile broadband system to provide better communication capabilities for fast responders. In short, this long-promised but never realised project is about providing better communication systems for our first responders to protect them and our communities. It will provide fast and secure voice video and data communications specifically for our emergency services so they can communicate with each other across jurisdictions and during the most challenging conditions. New research is calling for a national clean industry hub program to speed up investment in clean industries and promote regional decarbonisation. The research, released by think tank Beyond Zero Emissions, finds clusters of businesses could save money and create jobs by sharing energy infrastructure, such as transmission lines and green hydrogen pipelines. The report says the Australian government needs to support existing industry and manufacturers to make the switch to clean energy if it is to remain competitive. It finds clean energy hubs would substantially reduce transmission requirements and speed up emissions reductions. French President Emmanuel Macron has said France will withdraw its ambassador and end all military cooperation with Niger after a military coup took place there in July. France will pull its 1,500 French troops currently stationed in Niger out of the country by the end of the year. It comes after a military junta seized power in Niger on July 26, deposing President Mohamed Bazoum. Mr. Macron says the de facto authorities do not share France's commitment to fight terrorism and the withdrawal of troops will begin in the coming months. France has decided to bring back its ambassador and so in the coming hours our ambassador with several diplomats will return to France and we are ending our military cooperation with the de facto authorities of Niger because they no longer want to fight against terrorism. The decision follows months of animosity and protests against the French presence in the country with regular demonstrations in Niger capital near May. New research reveals stress is impacting the sleep and well-being of year 12 students as final exams begin across Australia. Online mental health service for young Australians Reach Out surveyed 1,000 students aged between 16 and 25 and has found that half have trouble sleeping as a direct result of stress about the study. And to sport, Wallabies coach Eddie Jones has apologised to supporters after the Australian side suffered a humiliating 40-6 loss to France in the Rugby World Cup.
The Australians needed victory in Lyon over their unbeaten pool rivals as barring a miracle that requires Fiji to lose both their remaining games without bonus points, they will bow out. It will mark the first time the Wallabies have ever missed the World Cup quarterfinals with the defeat their biggest ever in tournament history. Eddie Jones told Fox Sports he takes responsibility for the team's lack of consistency. We're all gutted, mate. Um, yeah, I apologise to all the supporters here, everyone back at home. We needed to be far more consistent, and that's you know that's the the theme of this World Cup campaign, which I apologise for. I'm the person given the responsibility to to coach the team, and I haven't done it well enough. And you know, I, I really apologise to everyone back home. Again, I feel the responsibility for it. Um, you know, we're going through a pretty tough time at the moment. You know, whether we've hit rock bottom, I don't know. Um, but uh, I've got to take the full responsibility for that. And having a look at the weather around the country, this Monday, Broome, sunny 33, Perth, also sunny 33 degrees, Adelaide, mostly sunny 24, Melbourne, partly cloudy 21, Hobart, a shower 217, Albury, Wodonga, mostly cloudy 22, Canberra, sunny 25, Wollongong, also sunny 25 degrees, Sydney, similar conditions and 25 as well, Newcastle, sunny 27, Brisbane, partly cloudy 24, Townsville, partly cloudy 27, Keynes, a shower 228, Alice Springs, sunny 33, Darwin, mostly sunny 34, and the Torres Strait Islands, a sunny day ahead and a top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. NITV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online. SBS is updating its radio schedule. From October 5, there will be more times to listen. With repeated programming on Wednesday, Friday and Saturday at 6pm on SBS 1. To find out more, visit sbs.com.au slash audio. I'm Bertrand Tungandame and you're listening to NITV Radio, broadcasting from NAM on the Kulin Nation this Monday afternoon. Coming up next, conversation with hip-hop artist, MC and activist Dizzy Dolan, curator and MC of the First Nations Showcase, which is a highlight event of the 2023 Australian Women in Music Awards. As you'll hear in our conversation, First Nations women in the music industry have been using their voices for many years to speak up about various issues that affect First Nations people. In your program today, we also bring you some short stories shared by NITV's NOLA program, exploring the situation in the West Kimberley region of WA, eight months after devastating floods ravaged, ravaged the area earlier this year. Also from uh, NOLA, we hear about Morujuga, which has also been in the spotlight recently. The area is home to more than a million rock engravings and was formally nominated for World Heritage Listing by the Australian government. But first, an official no rallies took place around the country over the weekend as the Prime Minister is seeking to shore up support for the referendum on constitutional recognition of Indigenous Australians. A week after
after tens of thousands marched in support of an indigenous voice to parliament, an official no-vote rallies were held last Saturday, September 23, drawing a much smaller turnout. The so-called freedom rallies in places including Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane were not organised or endorsed by the official no campaign. This attendee at the Melbourne event on the steps of state parliament says she is voting no and can't wait for the referendum to be over. And the yes vote, well, I don't know. I don't understand it, so I'm saying no. And I know I've always been in this country, so this is our country, and I believe that um, we're all Australians, and and I don't see the, the point in making it um, something that it's not. The turnout this weekend was much smaller in scale to the tens of thousands last weekend, Sunday, September 17. Yes, campaigners put the numbers last Sunday at around 200,000 across the country. Police in Melbourne said there were 30,000 in attendance. In Sydney, there are tens of thousands and in Brisbane, 20,000. For the unofficial no rallies on September 23, about 1,000 turned up in Sydney, hundreds in Melbourne, 500 in Brisbane and 100 in Adelaide. Attendees voiced opinions ranging from conspiracy theories against COVID-19 to religious freedom. At the event in Sydney's Hyde Park, attendee Richard says he doesn't believe the Yes campaigners have addressed his concerns. I'd like to keep our country uh, a country we can be proud of. Um, And whatever happens, the outcome of this will be division and resentment. The, The case that for, for, for no has been well ventilated and it hasn't been responded to or addressed by the yes case. And the result will speak for itself. Speaking at the Liberal State Council meeting in Melbourne, Federal Opposition Leader Peter Dutton says he's sticking to his position of voting no. I don't believe people are voting against a desire to help Indigenous people. I don't believe that Australians are voting against a desire to recognise Australians' of Indigenous heritage in our constitution. But I do believe they're voting against the voice because the Prime Minister has deliberately starved them of the information they need to make an informed judgment so they can win the hearts. But they're not winning the minds of Australians. Yes, campaign events were also held around the country on Saturday, 23rd of September. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese joined Yes campaigners speaking to shoppers at Sydney's West Ride. He encouraged people to do their homework and have conversations on what Australians are being asked to vote on on October 14. He says he believes momentum will continue to grow in the final three weeks before the referendum. And something I get great heart from is the decision of Kamal, a very courageous decision. He's someone who came out and said no and went away, spoke to people, read what it was about, read the question and decided that he would come out and declare his support for yes and to say, why would anyone oppose this? So we have now a a new term that we've coined today, Kamal-mentum, in the last couple of weeks. Malaysian-born Australian singer Kamal says he has now changed his mind on the voice and plans to vote yes after one-on-one conversations with comedian Dan Simpson and constitutional lawyer Eddie Senot. Treasurer Jim Chalmers attended another yes campaign in 
another Yes Campaign event in Sydney. This is a demonstration that this need not be a divisive moment, this can be a unifying moment for mm. our country. Uh, whether you vote Liberal or Labor or Greens or some other way, uh, no matter what community you come from or what part of the world you come from, this is our opportunity to grasp this generational opportunity to listen better and to get better outcomes. On October 14, voters will be asked to respond yes or no. Do they support changing the constitution to recognise the First Peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice? If a yes vote is successful, an amendment would be added to the constitution to create an advisory body that would have the function to give advice to the parliament and the executive government on matters affecting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. The function would be limited to giving advice only. The body would have no veto powers. Members of Parliament would determine the laws on the composition, functions, powers and procedures of the body. Remote voting services will be rolled out across Australia from today, Monday, September 25. Hundreds of early voting centres will open from the 2nd of October. The Australian Electoral Commission says 1.2 million people have registered to vote by post, which must be submitted by October 14. And you can find comprehensive information about the referendum by visiting the SBS Voice Referendum portal. NITV Radio, share our stories on Facebook. The story I just presented was produced by Philippa Carisbrook and Adriana Weinstock for SBS News. Time for a break now, but when we come back... 2023, we look at a we have a conversation with uh, Dizzy Dolan talking about uh, First Nations Women in the Music Awards, an event that's taking place uh, starting tomorrow in Brisbane, and the event will bring together some of the industry's top female music practitioners, First Nations, and multicultural artists. Don't miss this story; it's coming right after the break. Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio. I'm joined by Dizzy Dulan, ahead of the 2023 Australian Women in Music Awards, a two-day conference, awards ceremony and concert, bringing together some of the music industry's top female practitioners from First Nations and multicultural backgrounds. Dizzy, first of all, welcome and thanks for joining us on NITV Radio. Oh, thank you, Bertrand. Thanks for having me on the show today. Now, you're a very talented musician, performer, hip-hop artist, uh, MC, curator. You've curated many First Nations events and uh, emceed a lot of uh, award ceremonies. You've also featured in uh, previous editions of Australian Women in Music Awards. Tell us about your participation in the 2023 Australian Women in Music Awards. Well, this year is a little bit different from last year. So I've got a little bit less roles this year. Um, so I am curating the First Nations Women in Music Showcase and I'm also co-hosting the um, showcase with um, the Deadly Hope One. So not performing this year. Last year I was doing a lot of that as well as also hosting... The award ceremony, I, you know, jumped up and did a collaboration with Barker um, last year as well, which is another female artist um, in the hip-hop industry. But this year, it's all about co-hosting and curating for me. The Australian Women in Music Awards brings together industry heavyweights as well as uh, emerging practitioners. 
and it has been described by one of uh, Australia's uh, heavyweights in uh, the music industry, Christina Nu, as a change-making event. And this is the fifth edition of uh, the AWMA. It must be a tremendous journey travelled uh, since the first inception uh, of uh, AWMA in 2018. The first ever um, Australian Women in Music Awards that I did, it must have been 2018. Yeah, it's only been, you know, a few years and it's such a very important event for artists like myself in this country that deserves that recognition and have been doing it, you know, their art and craft for a long time now. Yeah. And so, you know, almost offers that mainstream platform for especially First Nations artists. And the highlight for First Nations artists you mentioned would be the um, uh, First Nations showcase. Uh, can you tell us about uh, the lineup of artists expected at uh, this year's event? Absolutely. So this year is the second year that the showcase has ever, ever existed. So um, I've had the pleasure of curating last year and this year. Some of the artists that we've got on the bill is um, Megan Samarin. We've got Sugarcane Mamas, Crystal West, Kawi Over, Gloves, Jem Cassadaly, the Briscoe Sisters and the Marindas. So we got a deadly fire lineup with um, some very powerful females that are going to be gracing the stage. If you haven't got your tickets now, make sure you go and get your tickets. Tickets are still on sale. The showcase is on the 26th of September in Means in Country in Brisbane. Uh, one feature that I can uh, actually observe from uh, the lineup is you've got emerging and established artists. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So you got a nice mixture of old school and new school and um, a few of these women have been doing, you know, music in the industry for a very long time now and and are very respected in their own rights as artists in this country and I'm really excited to see these, these women get up there and do their thing next week because, you know, I think having that many powerful women in one room is just powerful in itself. Um, it's it's going to be a deadly event. No, it sounds like a really, really powerful and a beautiful program you've uh, lined up there. But one mm-hmm. thing that's uh, lingering in the background, uh, one theme is uh, gender equality in the industry. Women tend to be underrepresented normally, and uh, especially First Nations women and women from the diverse backgrounds. Exactly, I know. And, you know, we want to see in the future... Females coming together like this for events and it be normal, you know, it's always sort of like, oh, where's the women all the time? In the future, I hope to see more events like this and it's it's a regular thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when we talk about uh, gender equality in the industry, of course, we see female performers who are really doing great. You mentioned a few of them, uh, Jem Casadelli, who is just following in her father's footsteps, but, uh, mm. you know, carving her own um, genre of music, not necessarily country like her dad. Exactly, uh, yes, exactly. The, 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 the Marindas who've been around for a while and who've just, uh, you know, set the stages on fire with their performance. But something that uh, needs to be mentioned is participation in other areas of the music industry. Uh, What's the situation now, uh, representation in uh, other areas like uh, production and uh, management and all that? 
I, I feel like there's more of a movement now. These days you see a lot more female managers and women behind the scenes um, that have been behind the scenes actually for a long time doing their thing. It's kind of like just getting that acknowledgement because women have been doing this and at the forefront of the music industry for a very long time without having the acknowledgement for the hard work that they've put into this music industry and um, to make it what it is today. It's very important to acknowledge them ones that are not also always necessarily on the stage. Yeah. You know, you know the ones that are working hard behind the scenes, putting the show together. I don't think people realise how much work goes into, you know, production and putting a show on. So, yeah, those roles are very important, and it, you know, brings the whole show together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now the event we've spoken about the the beautiful part of it, but there will be also a conference and uh, debates and talks and uh, exchanges of ideas. Uh, can you give us a little glimpse of what will be happening during those two days? The twenty sixth of September is the um, First Nations Showcase, so that's the, on the first day. Yeah. Uh, the following day we'll have twenty uh, seventh of September. We'll have. Um, conferences and panels where guests can go along and sit down and listen to a lot of different artists talking about the industries and their experiences and you know those conversations are very important and very deep conversations to help shine light on the issues and help make change and sort of making it the industry a better safer place especially for women yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know I just wanted to also touch on my auntie Savannah Doolan is one of the very first women. She's no longer here. Um, she's passed away in 2013. But she was one of the first women to be recognized for her singing talent back in the 1960s. And she was a pioneer in this country and known as one of the best blues singers in the industry. And I don't think my auntie Savannah Doolan really got the acknowledgement that she really deserved for her career in the music industry. So these awards and these award ceremonies and these showcases are just really super important and it's nice to see now that our ancestors and the ones, the elders before us have, you know, paved this way now for us. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's due, credit is due to them, Mom. Yeah. For helping us be able to make it easier for us in the industry. And I want to do the same for the next generation. I think I'll always continue to try to shine light on my auntie's legacy in the best way I can, because music's in my bloodline. I, I was raised around music from small girl, you know, growing up in my family, music was always in the house. Yeah. And I learned from some of the best. So I think, um, yeah, it's my job now, too, to continue that knowledge I've been given and keep passing that on. Yeah, you said your auntie was uh, one of the first uh, indigenous uh, women who performed extremely well but not acknowledged. But one thing you touched on is she was a blues singer. You are a hip-hop artist, two different genres. So from one That's generation right. to That's another right. one, different, you're carving That's your right. own way, your own path, just like Jamie's not into country as That's much as her dad. Yeah, yeah, as her dad. That's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think 
having being inspired by blues and jazz and funk and soul and that kind of stuff it's sort of i grew up singing before i was a rapper yeah you know so i just fell in love with hip-hop and i just knew as soon as i started creating my own songs like my raps i was like oh i could this is really really for me and this is where i'm heading and um exactly the same is happening with jim cassadaly I did have the pleasure a couple of years ago mix uh doing a four song collaboration with um Troy Cassadaly wow. in Cairns here locally. So that was a very big highlight of my career where I mixed hip hop with country and we got on stage and, and we you know, we brought those two worlds together. Yeah. And it was amazing, you know, to be able to bring two genres together and yeah, it was a beautiful experience, a highlight I'll never forget. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Jim Cassadaly's performance as well because I'm also a big fan of all of these artists on the bill. Yeah, no, no, we like her music, the Mandas, and you mentioned Barker. I like playing uh, For My Titas by Barker, my show. I just like the energy in that song. So Exactly, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. She's very deadly, my sister, yeah. Yeah. Now, Dizzy, before I let you go, any closing thoughts? The only thing is is that doors open 7 p.m. Uh, the show starts at 7.30 if you're interested in networking with some of the artists um, after the function at the showcase, um, there's an opportunity to do that. You know, bring along, you know, your business cards and, you know, you might want to book some of these artists for some upcoming gigs. It's just a really great opportunity to really network with these artists. And, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to be one of the MCs as well with Hope One. She's one of the, you know, meanest, one of the best in Australia beatboxers. So she's one of the best. I'm really happy to be able to share the stage with Hope One for that. And, um, you know, I lived in Brisbane and Mianjin country for 11 years of my music career and I'm just excited to come back and see all the mob in Brisbane. So make sure you go get your tickets. Don't miss out. You only got a couple of days left. And yeah, it's really important if you can make this event and come and support the females in the game. This is Tulan. Thanks for joining us on NITV Radio today to talk about uh, the upcoming Australian Women in Music Awards 2023 that uh, will take place in Minjin, Brisbane on the 26th and 27th of September. Thanks a lot for joining us on NITV Radio. Too deadly, my brother. All right, thanks for having me. SBS is updating its radio schedule. From October 5, there will be more times to listen. With repeated programming on Wednesday, Friday and Saturday at 6pm on SBS 1. To find out more, visit sbs.com.au slash audio. Welcome back. I'm Bertrand Tungandame and you're listening to NITV Radio coming to you from now I'm on the Kulin Nation this Monday afternoon. And now, a selection of stories shared by NITV's uh, NOLA program. Morijuga National Park on the Barra Peninsula, just north of Karatha, has been in the spotlight recently. Earlier this year, the site, which is home to more than a million rock engravings, was formally nominated for World Heritage Listing by the Australian government.
The formal nomination is set to go to the UNESCO World Heritage Center in January next year, and if accepted, we see the 50,000-year-old Rock Art Gallery become only the second site in Australia to gain World Heritage protection for its Aboriginal cultural value. Yes, uh, welcome is to the country. Just basically waking up the ancestors. You know, we're coming out, come all together in the country as one people, and um, the Hamis or followers back home. Yeah. Right now, so we're in a very special place, Deep Gorge. Um, it's like a learning zone for a lot of the young people that used to live around here, all the ancestors. It's more of a general zone, so everybody could come here, men, women and children. So this is why we've made a place out here, so everybody can come and be a part of our culture as well and be able to learn some of the knowledge and some of the things that we did back in the day. So I used to actually work out here with the Morajiga National Park with the rangers, um, we did a lot of work out here, bringing a lot of people, doing a lot of uh, tours, a lot of cultural awareness inductions out here, and you know that's just basically just letting everybody know what they're out, what's out here, what they be careful of when they're walking around, and just some general questions really, just about the culture. And how important is this land, brother, for someone who's never heard of the rock art or this incredible place? Why is this place so special? It's very special, not just for not just for the tribes around this area that reside and look after this place, but for also around the tribes around Australia as well. It's a very important place. Because we're being in time, you know, this is where this is where all our culture is held. You know, it's where our song lines and our dances come from. And this is where it's all made, right here in the Barrap. And can you tell me about the relationship between the rock and the mining companies in this area? Yeah, look, it's a bit of a tough relationship, you know, as much as we want to be going to be in a good relationship with these guys. It's a bit of a bumpy road, as it is. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to have to try to work a bit more better with them and see how it goes later in the future. And this place was listed as a World Heritage listed site. Yep. Do you feel like the mining companies are doing enough to make sure that this beauty is going to be here for future generations? Yeah, um, look, in my own opinion, I feel like they could be doing a better job about it. Um, you know, becoming a World Heritage listed place, uh, you expect to have a lot more protection onto it, uh, especially with the density of the rock art around here. You know, having over a million petroglyphs on the that we know of, and we're still finding to, more today. So, you know, it's for having that. I mean, that just says for itself how, how important this place is. And in terms of the science, um, I've heard that scientists are saying that the pH levels are actually removing the petroglyphs from the rock art. How does that make you feel, knowing? seeing that flame burn in our background right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like I said, we've all got opinions, and my opinion is, you know, it hurts. You know, it does hurt knowing that we've got scientists actually saying that, you know, it's, it's affecting our rock art, and, you know, we know it is, because we can tell, we can see it, we can feel it. Our country shows us. You know, it affects not just the rock art, the plants and the animals as well. And you know, we can see this, we feel it, we know what our country tells us. You know, all we're about is just teaching people, you know, letting everybody know what, what this place is about. And this story was aired on NITV's NOLA program uh, last Friday. Also from NOLA, communities in the Kimberley in uh, the northwest of uh, WA were devastated earlier this year when record-breaking floods swept through the region. The flooding left communities isolated, families displaced from their homes, 
and damaged vital roads and bridges. Eight months on, the region is slowly recovering, but locals remain concerned that extreme flooding events will continue to impact the Kimberley as a result of climate change. NITV's reporter Kira Jenkins visited the region recently and filed this report. The Fitzroy River stretches for 700 kilometres through the Kimberley. For local mob, it's a life giver, an ancestral being, and a significant piece of ancient cultural heritage. It's created our identity, it's created our law, and it has created a sense of moral obligation to protect this river's right to live, but also importantly to flow. In January, a massive flood tore through the Fitzroy Valley. We have a lot of debris along the road. The river peaked at almost 16 metres, destroying homes and devastating communities like Bolganja near Derby. Even now in um, September, we still are struggling to get the roads back to a state that they'll be ready for the next wet. Anne says climate change is already harming the Kimberley, made worse by intensive farming and mining, and a proposal for fracking in the Canning Basin posing another potential threat. And so water is something that um, a lot of people are thinking about in terms of our own resilience, our own ability to adapt. Climate change and the chaos that it's causing on country is front of mind for so many communities here in the Kimberley. One group working on the front line are the Guniandi Rangers, who are monitoring their country for any changes. These rangers know they've got a crucial role to play in looking after country, especially after the flood. Whereas we've got, we've got like pests like, like cows, horses, cats, wild dogs and pigs and stuff. And then we're going to have to look after areas with like wild weeds and stuff. And then we, we, go out to, we go out to collect the data and give it to other people to see the job we're doing out here. Guniandi Ranger Coordinator Russell Chestnut says their priority is preservation. All the nice gorges that we have, all the nice springs, all the waterfalls, you know, the billabongs and stuff that we have, that can all be gone if we don't protect it. It's so precious that we have to, you know, maintain what we have for generations. And Polina's big hope is if the voice to parliament is successful, the voices of these rangers on the ground will be listened to. NITV Radio, share our stories on Facebook. And uh, that's all from NITV Radio this Monday afternoon. NITV Radio will be back on Wednesday and Friday with uh, more stories from uh, right across the country. Don't forget to tune in at the end of the week. We'll bring you an extensive coverage of the 2023 Korean Knockouts. I'm Bertrand thanking you for your company this Monday afternoon. Till next time, bye for now. Yalu. a few minutes to reset great minds is a podcast from sbs that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world listen wherever you get your podcasts